This comes from Ramana Mahashi, and it's a simple statement. It says, this is the problem in a way. There's a presupposing of a non-existent thing. So start there, a presupposing. So supposing that has time involved in it, yeah? So pre would mean before supposing. So the supposing supposes something before the supposing. Yeah? So it's a mental state. The mental state is supposing or presupposing a non-existent thing that wants to be free as that non-existent thing or for that non-existent thing, not from the non-existent thing. Yeah. So when the presupposing of the non-existent thing occurs, there's a sense that it's the only existing thing. But inherently, it's a non-existing thing. So there's a thing, but it's non-existing. Yeah? Existent has to be, let's say, like blown into it in a sense, or blow through it for it to seem to be existing. Now, the mental state's presupposing of the non-existent thing is this is the existing thing. And then suddenly, the attributes or the qualities of being conscious or beingness or aliveness or awareness are now somehow cast as attributes that the non-existent thing has or that the non-existent thing wants more of. Yeah? So now when we speak about we don't we never say be, we never say consciousness being we say being conscious which implies the presupposing non-existent thing as being that which is conscious yeah so i go i'm being conscious today and a lot of di- there's a lot of practices going on right now all around marin county that are attempting for the non-existent to be conscious or in their state, in their take, more conscious. Because the way it is, their consciousness that they are now doesn't seem to be enough. <laughs> so everything to the non-existent thing doesn't seem to be enough, which is a desire, in a sense, an unrequired desire. Yeah? So a desire begets more, uh, more dissatisfaction. Yeah? Like I was just, my landlady has a, quotes from the Dalai Lama every day on the kitchen table. So yesterday's quotes was about desire. So you have a desire for the car and the house. But then it's actually dissatisfying in a way, because the desire maybe gets met for a little bit of time, but then there's that hole seemingly, yeah, that was was, was that which we were hoping to fill by desire, but following the desires is actually how the hole seems real. See, so the more there's a desiring to fill the hole, the more the hole seems real to us. Yeah. The more desiring to fill the hole, it gives a reality to the hole that has to be filled. And so the thing keeps on rolling. Yeah. So the desire never gets satisfied. It just pre- produces more dissatisfaction, which re-ups the, de- the drive the desire, some kind of solution. But it's never from the non-existent thing. It's always for the non-existent thing. Because the non-existent thing is now being the one who says, 
they're conscious, that they're seeing, that they're hearing, that they're feeling, that they're tasting. We're not acknowledging, let's say, awareness or beingness or consciousness of of that which is hearing, seeing, tasting, smelling, acting. We're not seeing that. We're not giving it any creds at all. We're basically calling it all ours, like I'm doing it. And so if I do an action and I think I do a thought, then I think I can do being, and I can do consciousness, and I can do awareness. In other words, I can become more aware. Yeah? I can become more conscious. But a lot of times, the drive and the activities to become more aware just, took, just reinforce the non-existent thing. So now it's the non-existent thing is claiming to be more aware, which is being unaware of an incredible fact which it's non-existent <laughs> you know it can't seem to escape that by all the knowledge it gets it just reinforces the ignorance of the one who's getting the knowledge <laughs> because the, the ignorance is based on that it's not on based on the topics you know or don't know it's based on the sense of who is it that knows it all or doesn't know it all that's where the ignorance really lies and all it does is it becomes like the shadow that wherever the non-existent thing arise, it's more the shadow of it that is its effects. Yeah? Because it's non-existent, but there's a belief that we're existing as this. And therefore, the shadow of the mistake follows us on all the searches for the answer. Yeah? So when the answer is run into, which, what... How is the answer framed? On the answer's condition? No, on the shadow's condition. Yeah? So now you become a knower of God. Even with the even with the sacrosanct, let's say, drive to know God, let's say the highest goal of all, when it's ever arrived at, it's not about God, it's about the knower of God, which is always the case. You know? And then if somehow or another the knowing of God gets dismissed, you, te- you tend to see, I must have had done something not to know God. <laughs> because I definitely did something to know it. So I can't escape the Chinese thumb torture of duality, which is, if I believe I've achieved something, I also believe I can lose it. That's not having peace. Having peace isn't an acquiring and with the fear of loss, it's just having peace is actually being had by peace. Yeah? You're had by peace. In other words, peace becomes the dominant expression of that moment because you've lost interest in the self that always wants to presuppose it's the dominant before all dominance. Yeah? So when you're having an incredible, blissful experience, it's not, it's still, there's still that shadow that's claiming the blissful experience. And so the bondage will even go, it'll be going on in the throes of what we would call liberation. The bondage is still happening because the one who seems to feel like they're free is the bonding element. (laughs) And if there's a one who feels like it's free, I bet you that one's going to feel like it's unfree, maybe in five minutes later, or maybe in a day, or when they leave the retreat, or when the teacher splits or something like that. I felt so free when these were all in place, and now, because we're not frozen in time, are we? This is, we got here, people had sweaters on, and now the appropriate thing is take off the sweaters. Why? Because the sun's out. 
Yeah? It wasn't out when we came here. It's a lot of shifting has gone on unnoticed by some of us. So some people have their insulated jackets on. They have the gear for like 5,000 feet elevation. And we're at sea level in Marin City in this little sunspot. <laughs> because we're not really responding to what is. We're reacting from what ain't. Really. <laughs> That's what's happening all day. Check it out. Don't don't believe me. I'm just a humble mailman. It's like I'm like a mailman, and I don't want to come in and read the letters with you. I just want to give you the mail. You know, it's up to you to check it out. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> these are just like little hints that there may be a heist that's already happened while you're planning on building your security system. You know what I mean? The thief may already be in the house, and you call it me. <laughs> it has carte blanche <laughs> access to your most intimate secrets. Every time you're going over your most intimate secrets, me is right there with you. You know, collating, and you, all right, intellectual use later, intelligence, yes, surveillance, yes, guilt and shame, yes. <laughs> <laughs> there's an activity going on <laughs> you know what I mean? there's an activity going on that thinks all activities are going on to it <laughs> that's the dilemma so we can recognize activities but we, don't, we miss the biggest activity which is the activity of the mental state presupposing a non-existent thing and not only that but then wanting to get salvation for that non-existent thing when this was revealed to me, humbly, it just it ruined my whole spiritual world. <laughs> because, I swear to God, my career was just cut short in a second. I had a lot, what am I going to do with these whites? <laughs> what am I going to do with my yoga outfit? I mean, there was a lot invested, you know what I mean? There was a lot invested in being spiritual. <laughs> it was. I mean, my whole wardrobe was trying to express the spirituality. My travel plans and all my stamps on my passport expressed it. India, Thailand, Nepal, <laughs> Burma. <laughs> there was a lot invested in it. Man, this is the last bit of news I wanted to hear. <laughs> and especially, friend, with the problem. I would have accepted as one of the minor little, you know, miscellaneous problems that sometimes, maybe, if you're not wise like I am, or spiritual like I am, you would fall into. But not, not framed as the problem, which is... And the problem is, it's not really a problem, it's an activity. And the activity needs that which is the audience of the activity, us, to buy the activity to produce the effects. Yeah? The mental state, like the Course in Miracles would always say, the, the man of mind, the mind of man can only make. Yeah? The mind of God creates. Yes? So the mind of man can only make. So the mental state can only make something seem like it's so. It cannot really produce any self-affecting thing. It just makes, it, it convinces us, which is we are the reality, to believe something that isn't so. And then our interest and attention as reality breathes the seeming reality into that. Yes? 
So it's like an advertising. So the way how I frame this statement as an activity is selfing. Yeah. So sometimes people call it, believe they have a self, a small s self, sometimes framed as the ego. But in a way, this view doesn't hold it like that because when people talk about an ego, they usually talk about their ego, right? What is that which feels like it has an ego? That's the selfing. Yeah? The feel, the one who, the feeling that's produced when the topic of ego arises, and then it has the feeling like I had an ego and I've lost an ego. Yeah. Who? What is that that could have an ego and lose an ego and then have an ego again? And when it loses an ego, it doesn't mean anyone else loses their ego. It's there. It's the only one that loses the ego is this self. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of gets suspicious. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I had a lady call me once and said, Oh, yeah, I've lost. I got it. I'm not the ego, but everyone else's ego is bothering me. Well, that's, that's not how it goes, in a way. You know? So it's that feeling, that sense that we didn't have, even as an action figure as a baby, you didn't have the sense like when you were doing. I mean, you would just shit in your pants, wouldn't you? Without a thought. <laughs> really. It would just plop and everything like that. And you didn't, you didn't get embarrassed much. The kid just keeps on. And, ooh, big freaking low down there. But it had to come later where the mental state arose and started having an idea of how you should be and how everyone else should be and how you were and how they were and this and that and that and this. And like when I always say, when you were a kid, you didn't go home after a day of playing and, you know, bring in your confidant. Mom, come in here. I want to go over my day of playing with you. Do you think Wayne was playing more than I was in the sandbox? I'm feeling a little, I think I've got a lack of playing ability. I'm concerned about this. None of that was going on, was it? I mean, and was I worrying, will I be playing next week? I had no, time, no, no idea of time yet in the head. All of this grew, yeah? Something developed it. Something developed this advertising, this invitation, that, or this assumption that you're a non-existent thing, yeah, that wants to get <coughs> salvation, relief, pleasure, security, all that stuff for the non-existent thing. <coughs> instead, instead of finding security from the non-existent thing, instead of finding satisfaction from the non-existent thing, because that's where it's reliable, that's where it's stabilized. It's not, the satisfaction for the non-existent thing is going to be a job. I mean, how much satisfaction have you gone out and seemingly brought back to this non-existent thing? And when, has it, when was enough enough? Obviously, it's not the satisfaction it's looking for. It's the seeking for satisfaction. Because that's where it thrives. The non-existent thing can attach itself to an activity much better. It can never attach itself to what is. So as long as you're seeking for what is, it's totally safe. Yeah. But when you recognize you're not that which is seeking for what is, then it's scary to it. Yeah. Because now, the freedom from the bondage of self is becoming a possibility in the mind. 
instead of freedom for that fucking thing, you have now entertained, hey, I can be free from that. Yeah. And then the whole ball game changes. The whole ball game changes. Then the big guns come out. You know, you're a loser, whatever. Fuck. Then, I mean, it's not playing around anymore. It sends its ninjas, you know, its great fucking fighters to keep you corralled. And if you don't fucking die and don't act out, it's going to break. Because what you are can outlast anything that you're not. Whatever can be made just implies a constant making, yeah? But whatever is, is free from all that activity. Because it's not in, it's not in a, a quest to culminate. It's already complete. It's not even in time. It's not, it's not in a process to find out about itself. It's just completely removed from all the activities that seem so important here when we take the certain foundations of the ignorance, which is the non-existent thing, as soon as you become seemingly the non-existent thing, you're cast and thrust into time. Now, time has a huge influence in here. And it's just like gravity. You'll never know how much time influences us unless you have a sense of timelessness. You'll know it by its absence, just like gravity. People do not know the effects of gravity. They, they, they're under them all the time, but they say it's the hill I walked up, or the fucking stairs, or this or that, yeah? They say it's something other than what's actually producing the effect. And they can study tons of books and become an expert on gravity and a PhD and go on tours, but I'll tell you, all you need is to go into an anti-gravity chamber. As soon as you have, are you free from the effects of gravity, you'll know what gravity is. More than you can know by reading a 1,200-page book. More than you can know by reciting all the scriptures that have ever been written. Yeah? You'll have more pragmatic knowledge in that event of recognizing the absence of that influential activity, gravity, than you would ever have by studying everything. And it's the same thing with the idea of selfing. If, if the selfing, if the insinuation, if the implying... If the assumption doesn't fulfill its message, which is to convince you and convince this you, yeah, that we're that, yes, then what happens is you see it without looking from it again, yeah? You see the advertising, you see the insinuation, you see the mental state assuming, like, look at what happens. I remember I was in, I went back to New York to give a talk. I hadn't been there in a while. So my hair got longer. So I, the first person who comes in recognizes and says, Hey, Paul, you've been growing your hair. So I go, Oh, yes, I've been growing my hair. Doing a very good job, you know. He was somewhat bald. I said, I'm sorry, you're not a good hair grower, bro. And I said, And I found that if I join a group of people that grow their hair together, it grows even better and faster. Yeah, it's just unbelievable. Oh, I'm an incredible hair grower. But in fact, this is what, and it sounds funny, but the mental state in language is constantly saying that we have to do with something that we have absolutely nothing to do with. All day. It's insinuating your role when you don't have a role whatsoever. It's one example. It sounds absurd, but it's happening all day. People, I did this. Oh, let me tell you what I did today. 
It would be silence. That would be the travel log. Really. All right, I'm going to... Just got back from Everest. Okay. I'm with a great other mountain. All right, Paul. What did you do that day? Nothing. Uh, Tell me how it was. Don't remember. (laughs) Where do you think this is going to lead you? Have no fucking clue. Paul, thank you for the wonderful, insightful interview. Let's break the commercial. Mr. Henry, will you please leave? Uh, Jesus Christ. How are we going to sell this? (laughs) But if you were telling the truth, that would be the case, really, wouldn't it? Now, if you try to do that in front of a court judge, you'd be thrown in jail. Did you kill that person? No, I didn't kill that person. (laughs) In fact, I didn't, really. But it's probably not going to fly in the court of the mental state. You know what I mean? But So watch it. Selfing and language, are t- they go hand in hand. Without language, there would be no selfing. Without selfing, there'd be no language. That's the advertising. It's all day. It's, insume- it's assuming, insinuating, implying that you have a lot to do with shit you have nothing to do with. Constantly, its main topic isn't now because it's using now to think of yesterday and tomorrow. I mean, why would you want to be led by that? Or if you saw its first base movement, which is let's disassociate from all there is happening and let's just obsess over what's not happening. Would you sign up if you had a choice? The only way it flies it constantly produces and applies this, this sweet bouquet of you-ness, this sense of me. I mean, if someone came over to us and sat here and started whining about what's not happening, you know? Like, I'm really concerned I may have cancer three months from now. Fuck, what are, we, what are you going to do with that? You know, okay, <laughs> all right, see ya. And I'm really, really concerned. Ba-da-da-da-da. You'd be bored stiff, wouldn't you? I swear you'd turn the channel. But we've been listening to similar stuff for 40 years. Why? That's K-Mary, which we totally turned the channel. But this is K-Paul. It's like frozen in place. We're just listening to K-Paul all fucking day. Golden oldies. Oh, the good old days. Oh, oh. It's insane. If someone saw, if I could put this stuff that's happening here under my logo and put it into your head under my logo, you would fucking dismiss it in a minute. <laughs> you would. The cherishing of self is the, tr- is the trick. The production isn't that good. It's just that we love the production. It's like the movie isn't really good, but the audience <laughs> makes it what it is. Really, the mental state loves its thing it's making. It loves it. I mean, it, beyond loving. It's like, an, it's an addiction. Truly. It's addicted to being a self. And then I believe everything else anyone else does is trying to get out of that self, which spawns all the other addictions we know in this life. But the biggest addiction is totally paramount. It's the mother and father. It's the Dracula of all the other vampire addictions. But it's very rarely noticed, which is the mental state's addiction to being a self. That addiction is spawning all the other addictions. We want to get relief from that activity. 
but we want to get relief from that activity as the basis of the activity. We want to get relief from self, but as a self. Isn't that what uh, many of us are charting a course, some very anally today? Really, a whole day of trying to get out of self as a self. That's what we hope people come to these talks. They're just holding out hope that one day they're going to get it. <laughs> if they come enough of these talks, that one day what they take themselves to be is going to get it. It ain't. The getting it is realizing you're not that thing that wants to get it. Yeah? That's the, that's the quote-unquote getting of it. The getting of it is it's immediately you've never not had it. Yeah, it was never a having or a losing or a getting. It just is. Yeah, but we've been following the course of an activity that's all about ain't. It's all about yesterday and tomorrow. How do we judge this Saturday? Past Saturdays, future Saturdays, don't we? Not we. The head does, doesn't it? Does this Saturday stand alone? Does this stand completely alone? No other Saturdays or Mondays or Tuesdays or Wednesdays have any influence on this Saturday. Now, in fact, they can't. So what's allowing Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays to have influence on this Saturday? Oh, let me see. What else could be doing it? Next Friday cannot leave a mark here at all. Last week cannot leave a mark at all. No way, Jose. What's producing an effect? It's not next Friday. It's the mental state is using our godlike juices, our 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 miraculous power of faith, you know, as a force of mind. And we have faith so much in the thoughts next week they produce an effect in this day. If that ain't a miracle, I don't know what is. The mental state is using the mind and sending it into imaginary pastures to produce an effect now. Most people, when they come here, they're not bothered by Saturday. Look at this. There's not, no one's locked in here. There's no draft going on. Everyone can get up anytime they want. Yeah? But a lot of people come here and they may be flipping out because they're not responding to Saturday. They're reacting to last week or next week. So if you see that, and obviously I don't see it as a random event, it's the habit. It's the norm here. Most people, we're living an interpretation that displaces us. Yeah? It puts us yesterday and tomorrow and makes it so much more important than right now. It's great for product sales. But I don't believe it's great for peace and contentment and satisfaction. It will drive an engine to find peace and contentment and satisfaction. But it won't produce it because it can't produce. Be produced. You're the producer of satisfaction and peace and contentment. You're the source of what you're looking for. So then he goes on and says... So what happens if this is in place? Then your practices that are meant to destroy this non-existent thing 
may be used to reinforce the reality of that non-existent thing. What? Yeah. So while you're busily believing you're doing the good job of seeking, that seeking may be reinforcing the imaginary place you're trying to get out of. Could be. If the shoe fits, wear it. For me, it did. What do you do when you see that? Nothing. Just let it wash over you. Yeah? I believe I call it entertaining. It's like sitting here. None of us know that they're laying down a chemtrail right over our heads right now. But they are. Right there. In about an hour or two, it'll look like it's a very, very thin cloud, but it's this stuff. Yeah? Shit's happening where unbeknownst to us. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, what, how much easier would it be for all times and everywhere to hide right in the midst of us? Yeah? What's always here always goes unnoticed. We miss it. Yeah? It's like the fish, truly. And he probably join a group of fish that think they're very, very dry and they're seeking the solution which they would hope would be wetness while they're admit they're immersed in water the whole fucking time. Or like the old Zen saying, which is, I'm like a man standing by the river selling water. What? How many customers would he have? You'd be surprised. And then he said, my, this guy said, it's even funnier, I'm a man standing in the river selling water. That's the last time I saw that man. <laughs> I heard that. Adios. <laughs> I'm going to put it to the test. Yeah. People would call me, oh, you missed a great teacher. Hallelujah. <laughs> Another one's coming this week. Great. <laughs> Bye. It's okay. <laughs> I'm inherently, haven't been affected one bit by them coming or leaving. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> has your inherent condition ever been really affected? And does it look like we have to effort to be what we are? <laughs> we have to effort to be what we're not. That's a lot of efforting. But to be what you are, it takes no effort. I mean, <laughs> did I do seeing exercises this morning? looking beautiful vistas makes me see better. No. The seeing is always completely clear, HD, constantly. Yeah? As long as the eye can facilitate it. Yeah? If the eye goes, the seeing is just seeing. And the, actually, in a sense, what seeing is doing, it's never seeing anything, so it's just infinitely seeing. It never alights on an object at all. It's just seeing. So the way you can find out about yourself isn't for looking for a noun, but recognizing the verbing of what you are right now, which is the seeing, the hearing, the feeling, the tasting, and touching. Follow one of those gates, and it will bring you to that which is seeing, which is seen. That which is hearing, which is hearing. That which is feeling, which is feeling. And there's no noun ever to be found. And maybe suddenly your mental landscape of verbs and nouns, all the, all the skyscrapers will be just smashed. And you'll see all there is is verbing going on. 
This is all energy just verbing. There's nothing that has coagulated and became a noun, ever. So then you stop looking for yourself, yeah, and then you'll, you'll recognize the scene. You'll stop looking for yourself, and you recognize what you've been looking for is what's looking. That's St. Francis says, a beautiful statement. What you and I are looking for is what's looking. He doesn't put a requirement on it, says after eight years of purification, you'll be what you're looking for. No, what's looking is what you're looking for. What's looking right now, whatever condition you think you're in, feel you're in, state you're in, that what's looking that's prior to all those conditions is what you're looking for. There is a step out of time. There is a sense of priorness. It doesn't even have a door. It's like the gateless gate, but we never entertain the possibility. So if you start questioning that which causes you not to entertain that possibility of timelessness and see that it may not be you, you may just stumble back into the priorness. There's no priorness, it's just a picture. You may stumble back, and then you'll have a recognition or an intimation of what you are by being what you are. Yeah? Not by knowing it, but by actually being it. And when you have that sense, you'll have a hit that you've never not been that. And that all the shenanigans that seem to be so paramount and so important are like pale, 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 misty reflections of this all-effulgent space, yeah? And almost as if nothing's ever happened to you. Except that. And it doesn't come gradually, that hit. That hit comes along with the recognition of what you're not. You'll have a hit of what you are, and then really, that's that. It may play out, it may not play out here, but it's, that, it's always been that's that. Do you actually believe that no matter all the heinous actions you feel you've done, you've actually moved one step away from the everywhere that you are? Do we have that much arrogance, that we have that much power, that we could do something to exile ourselves from what is? As the Course would say, atonement is even prior to forgiveness. You realize nothing ever happened. No one ever did this to you or you did that to them. I can go back to my hometown, go to some of the many criminal sites I was at, and there's no plaque energetically that I did that heinous fucking act. You know, there's no tattoo on the space. Oh, this is where Paul really fucked up. You know? <laughs> it's just... It just flooded away into... Do you believe that if you took this thing down, there would be a void that you'd have to rush some space in to put where the posts are? Or is it more likely that this is an appearance in this space? That, in fact, there is no 
when we leave, and if you weighed all of space, it wouldn't be like 160 pounds less of, what, of all there is. Yeah? Or when a new kid, it gets heavier. Do you believe that? Do you believe that we're, we actually have substantial weight here? That's, <laughs> that's heavening that. <laughs> that's, like, does space get too heavy with all of us? You know? No, obviously not. Yeah. We're, we're, we're a picture in mind. Mind's dreaming. Mind's dreaming us. And it's as real as it real can Obviously, because it's mind, it can seem as real as real can be. And that's part of the ride. That's part of, part of the joy. Part of the joy is to be totally fucked and then get unfucked. Like recovery is a great ride here. I mean, you're totally fucked. No one would put a bet that you'd ever get better. No one would put a bet that you'd live till, you know, May. You know, you wouldn't put any money on it. You were totally, totally convinced you were worthless. You had never produced anything good for the last six years. And then suddenly one day, life decides, let's change this whole ballgame around. Downloads. <laughs> Next day you're at an A meeting. Now you've been sober 28 years. <laughs> now, was I that person that couldn't get sober? That suddenly something happened and he could get sober? And am I this person that's sober? Obviously not. How could that person ever get sober? <laughs> if you saw me out there, there's no way in hell that could ever get sober. It had no intention of getting sober at the end. It had given up all hope. And then suddenly, now, this life has absolutely... It's like the alcoholism didn't, doesn't even exist. It's like it never fucking happened. That's an incredible solution. That something that had so much influence on this action figure for so many years can seem like it never existed. That's fucking almost like truth-like almost. That's like a definition. Because it, it, the definition is like the solution totally unverifies the existence of the problem. And we are the solution. We are the solution to the seeming problem. The problem is just an advertising. We've got to be in cahoots with it. We are not victims. Spirituality is not a passive thing. It's recognizing what you are and what you're not. You can't recognize what you are, but it gets intimated by recognizing what you're not. You see what you're not, and that's what you are. Look at the size of it now. It's moved over a sec. We got these chemtrails in the mental state all day. Seeding I, me, my. I, me, my all day. Just dropping them. <laughs> just thoughts, thousands of thoughts just dropping in. Oh, Paul, what about tomorrow? <laughs> There's a great statement in recovery, a great story in recovery, where the guy is totally screwed. Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's gotten away from being screwed, 
and then he's just hanging out one day, and then he then he goes down the tubes again, and it starts out with this: "A thought occurred to me. <laughs> A thought occurred to me. I could put whiskey in the milk." <laughs> That wouldn't really be drinking, would it? I'd be drinking milk with a little additive of whiskey. A thought occurred to me. Most of us, that's a, a thought occurs as us. The thought that we're not an existent thing, and that what tons of tons of thoughts occur to that to further the thought, the first thought. Yeah, through the bridge of mind. After the first thought that you're this then all the other thoughts are, way, uh, are knitted like a necklace with my as the link. So each thought that happens all day, it's held prior by my. These are my thoughts, isn't it? All the feelings that will be generated by your activity here as a conscious event will be claimed to be your feelings. All the actions that happen seemingly out of this body, at the end of the day, the mental accountant will go over all the, th- all the actions you did and did they produce any quality or any of value so you can have a break tonight and maybe have an agendas and watch a movie. If not, you've got to go back out because you haven't gotten enough value yet. Yeah? Isn't it the case? What would happen if the my was seen through? The thought would be a fucking thought. There's nothing right or wrong with thoughts. They're just being used by the mental state. They're being used to reinforce the assume to imply that you're the thinker, that you're the doer, that you're the haver, that you're the seeker, that you're the failed seeker. Everyone wants to get rid of thoughts. Good luck. How is a thought going to get rid of thoughts? That would be a thought. <laughs> Literally. If a thought is behind all the conspiracy theories about thoughts, <laughs> you know what I mean, and pursues incredible convoluted practices to get out of thoughts, that's just reinforcing being that thought in the first place. Save yourself some time, or some of us have been in the business for a lot of time. I remember I read this article in Tricycle that time. Famous Buddhist teacher, meditation teacher. 30 years been teaching people and a lot of his old students were coming to him and getting in touch with him saying hey nothing's really nothing's happened really in these 30 years thank you so fucking much canceled my subscription to tricycle that was it you know what I mean thank you save me fucking time you know I was with this incredible demonstrative cult in a way based on the course of miracles and I used to go out with the biggest light junkie of the whole place like Kundalini explosions every fucking day. It's like fucking really looked like an electric wire with, you know, blonde hair and flesh. It was just, just unbelievable. And she'd been doing this for five years and, uh, and uh, she told me it didn't mean a damn thing. Thank you. Yeah. I know it doesn't look, you know, romantic. We're not going to be walking on hot coals here or dangling over a cliff. It's going to look like it's fucking boring and ordinary. But that's really the gift that always keeps on giving. Nothing. Yeah? Find that ordinary dog shit awareness. That will never, 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 never let you down. It's totally reliable. And there's no thought and effort it ever exhibits, so why would you think thought and effort is going to get you there? 
There you have it. Is that enough, bro? Yes, good. Yeah, a little more, lady. Yeah, so. like, a, like a performing, like a performing animal. Right. Performing animal, yeah. We want that. We want that. We want that. I come out for a standing ovation. Oh, play the same old. You, there is no self. Ah! Okay. Third ovation. Come on. All right. Nothing exists that can be perceived. Ah! <laughs> you know what about the fish in the water? <laughs> the balloon, the red balloon. <laughs> Buy the DVD. You'll be coming out this summer. The golden oldies. <laughs> of the misunderstood radical cleric, Paul Hedden. <laughs> All right, no questions. Far out, far out. <laughs>